Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters, along with my co-host Jack Humphrey. I am Gina Gaudio-Grace, and we are the co-founders of TheLeverages.com and Divisio.com. And we have got a fantastic guest lined up for you guys today. How are you today, Jack? I am good. Got up at 4 this morning, willingly, on purpose. <laughs> and been Why? going ever since. I don't know. I just... Uh... I I don't know. I'm just having one of those days. Doesn't everybody have occasionally at least one of those days? That is so not days? your norm. That is not I your know. norm at all. Wow. It's fantastic. I've gotten so much done. I I'm going to see if have. I might be able to make a habit of that. At least five or six in the morning would be nice to keep on average. I hear people get an awful lot done. I mean, the house was as quiet as it could possibly be. And in that two hours, I got way more done than I do in five or six hours uh, the rest of the day. <laughs> well, I get up between 6 and 6.30 every day. Every so often I'll sleep in, and that means I get up at 7. But, boy, it gives me that quiet time in the morning to set my intention for the day and do my daily practice and whatnot. So much nicer than when I used to sleep in until 10 or 11. <laughs> my wife complained that the Google she gets my Google Calendar changes and updates, and that was one of my projects was uh, working on my calendar um, goals and things like that. I guess it inundated her email, um, her inbox a little bit. So I'm like, well, you know, that happens sometimes. Sorry. <laughs> well. Why don't you tell everybody who our guest is today? Because I bet he wants to jump in on this conversation, too. Yes, we have Sid McNary, who is a yoga instructor, international peace warrior, healer, musician, and artist. And I believe you are the dude who was supposed to be here a while back, um, and then there was a scheduling mishap (laughs) or something, and that we're finally getting to talk to you. Welcome to Leverage. Yeah, you got it. Hey, thank you. And he it's sounds like our here. kind of people, too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very well, much. Well, tell us a little bit. So what's what's getting you out of bed and excited uh, these days? That's a really, really light background, but that's the material that I had. Fill yeah. us in on what you're excited about these days. I mean, what, what's really exciting is to really see in the midst of all the chaos in the world, uh, there are people really looking to continue to bring the, bring us all together as unity and, you know, create true community around the world. And so that motivates me. Other people that are inspired to bring forward love and peace in the world. And, and I've been coming into really connecting and, and helping people heal in so many different ways and, and become powerful in their lives. So that's what inspires me to get up every day. This might seem a little out of left field, but 
I thought just as you were speaking, you would be the perfect person to ask this question. Um, I work with the the environmental and conservation community and have since the early 90s. Um, and there's a thing going around now um, with all the more ever more dire reports on climate change and things like that, that, um, and I can't remember the phrase that people are starting to call it, which it, but it bothers me that people are even giving it a name, but it's something about the inevitability that people are feeling about what they're getting from the reports from the UN scientific committees, the people who really know what's going on. Um, almost as if people are preparing or have passed the tipping point of just giving up. It's too much. The most recent report that came out was yesterday or the day before from the UN saying that we could see really super dire effects, according to them, according to the scientists, um, starting in 2040. So we really only have 22 years with that plan and that information. Um, people are talking about why did I have kids, what's going to happen, and, and um, wh- what would you do if you were talking to an individual or a group of people about that in light of what you're seeing and what you just mentioned about the the people who are continuing to carry the torch on all kinds mm-hmm. of issues. Well, for me, the big thing is what I do know is right here in front of me. I really, mm-hmm. I'm not able to predict the future. Even people that can predict and have a glimpse of what they think is the future, you know, psychics or, people of that nature, when they're further away from that moment, you know, let's say you look tomorrow, even yourself, myself, we can kind of predict what our day may be like tomorrow. We create plans. We have calendars. And then if we look further out, we our prediction may change. There's a lot of variables that shift. Same thing happens for a psychic. So when someone cre- gives me... Uh, a verdict of any sort. You know, it could be my health. It could be uh, where my business is supposed to go. It can be the weather. I mean, it, it's October and it's 80-something degrees here in Maryland. And mm-hmm. we don't really know until we get there. So I'm not going to worry about something twice. You know, because if I worry today, I'm going to actually create some type of drama in my own life that may or may not have merit 40 years from now. And so for me, I'm going to live the life and and that's the days that I'm given, you know, tomorrow someone can have misfortune and, and cross the street and they don't have tomorrow, but they do have today. So that's, that's just always been where I come from is to, to live this the best that I can. You know, the other thing is, and I often see this with, we do it in marketing. We do it in this uh, buildup of fear around things. We start to manifest the things we think about. It says it in a lot mm-hmm. of different literature. You know, yeah. you thinketh and so it becomes. He breathed the word, all those different things. So if I'm constantly thinking about the turmoil of life, I'm going to start to manifest that even if I don't want it. So that, that, yeah. that's where I'd come from, from a, that whole thing. Well, that's, 
that kind of brings up another question, which is individually I hang out with a lot of people who believe the exact same thing that you said, and I believe it. That's, that's the way I try to live my life. I don't try to sit and worry uh, and, and all of that stuff. And I try to live in the now as much as possible, especially when I do start to worry, I bring myself back to the present as quickly as I can remember mm-hmm. to do so. That, that, that's the reason that I'm so worked up usually. Okay, that's great individually. And, and a lot of people in a lot of literature, a lot of gurus say that you really need to go inside, that this is all external stuff. And when you have stress in your life and you, and you want to make changes or you just want to get clarity, you have to look inside. And so I see a lot of people around the world working on themselves in that way. And then when you do look up from, from that and you see what's trending on social media and the, the collective humanity hand-wringing that's going on over tons and tons of different issues, that climate change being one, but there's tons of stuff in politics and you just see so many people getting wrapped up in that kind of stuff and you want to you want to do something and then the the most zen of us i guess would say then keep going on yourself <laughs> and do and just be yeah. an example and and it's like well for my per, per, personal issue is i don't get out that much i work at home and i don't see giant crowds of people very often and i don't have a chance to rub off on an awful lot of people in that way and so does it ever – do people ask you those kinds of questions or from where you are standing, how does this rub off on humanity at large in a much more general way? Because I agree there are lots of groups forming and have been forming for decades that are really doing uh, this kind of work. But I, I fear that sometimes, before I go back to my present moment, that – it's just a drop in the bucket when you look around and see so many people freaking out and sort of doing a collective manifestation of these problems that seem to only exacerbate, not remedy themselves when people put their focus on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I see is, you know, it's from me to you, and we're, we're not next door to each other right now. But from me to mm-hmm. you, you could trace exact atoms that would touch nothing else but, but get to you. And I can say that about every person in the world, every being in the world. So if I can hold, you know, if I can hold that space, this is for someone that maybe goes and sits in the Himalayas that never sees anybody else. Why would they even do that if they didn't impact someone else other than just for themselves and most of them aren't doing it for themselves? That, that's how it would work. If I can strengthen that vibration in me, this is the way I've always looked at it. If I can, if I can find that level of peace that is unshakable, then when it goes and touches someone else, it begins to get them into that level of peace too. And so that's, that's how I see it. So you finding it by working at home, uh, continuing to move forward with what you desire, that affects each and every one of us. I feel it and don't even know where it's coming from. And so that's, that's where I would look at that. It's like Mother Teresa said, you can invite her to anything for peace. But if you invite her to a war against anything, she wouldn't show because that war against it is helping it build. So the more people like yourself that can, that can 
go in and, and continue to live in the moment and build an energy. Cause the people that are, that are researching science, science, I just saw my dad yesterday and he's a world renowned scientist. And uh, he said, what science has really always been about is trying to understand what God has already, God has already done. And so we don't have to understand it. All we have to do is continue to bring it forward and it's going to affect everybody. So uh, one, I'd say thank you for being a person that continues to reach to hold that for themselves and also having shows like this that invite people on that this message gets spread because it is all a vibration. And if I have a vibration that is shifting towards peace, the world will continue to shift in that way. That's awesome. I knew you would make me feel better. (laughs) And I would come right back to the moment. Uh, It brings up something else. I've been working on something, and I call it the happiness trick. And um, it's just a little exercise that I do and that I will have published hopefully sooner than later um, in a larger book. Um, But it's basically just teaching people how to tap into, I don't know, you probably have a word for this, or but it's not current energy necessarily. It might be relic energy. It might be tapping into something you felt before, like your first kiss or a wedding or your first dog or cat or kid or something that was profoundly a big-time marker on your timeline in this physical existence where you felt nothing but pure, positive, joyful energy. And, I, and then I just mm-hmm. take people through meditations that way. And, and, and I say, here's how you meditate on something like that. You can do a whole list of profound things. If you feel like there's no joy in your life or you're scared or you're worried about things, issues, stuff like that, definitely right now with 7 billion plus people on this planet, they're feeling somebody's doing this, this, this. And they're going to make a huge list, riding a horse on a beach for the first time, and it's a lifelong dream. Somebody's doing that right now for sure. Because this world is so big, there is literally somebody doing that right now. There's an energy that's emanating from those people that you can pick up on. And Mm -hmm. it seems to help. The people that I've given that exercise to really seem to enjoy it, and it really seems to more quickly turn their moods around and get them more present. Do you – is there a such thing as relic energy? Or, like, how is a better way – what's a better way to say that uh, if you've dealt with that before? I mean, I've I've seen it on different things, uh, and I think you can see it on uh, these new virtual uh, headsets that you put on and see mm-hmm. through uh, the eyes of somebody else doing something. And they actually, when they when they go to make those things, they have someone actually doing it with like a hundred cameras around them. So that no matter where you turn, you see what that view would look like as you're doing this. You feel it in your your body. Your body actually has a a visceral response that emanates uh, a vibration outside of yourself. And so that, yeah, 100%, I I agree that most people don't go go there in their mind because they haven't yet 
just learn to master their own imagination. So you're you're kind of giving giving that little plug for their imagination to go, that freedom to go there. It never really occurred to me until you said that that we're in a kind of primitive way, although it's as high tech as we have right now. It's it's pushing the boundaries of our technology to do that stuff convincingly without making people throw up and and to give them those feelings, and we've been working on that for, you know, really hard for at least the last decade, really hard, and, and there's been some progress. But wouldn't it be funny if what it seems that we're doing is replicating machines or creating machines that replicate what universal consciousness is already doing through each and every one of our eyes, and we're making machines oh, yeah. to do it, and maybe we don't, maybe we find out 40, 50 years down the road, we never needed these Oculus glasses or any of these things that we were making something more complicated that's not that complicated. Well, the thing is, you know, I'm Native American, so I, I'm very fortunate that, uh, and maybe it's because we were put on the reservation or elders passed down things by word of mouth because they didn't want it to just get out to everybody. So because of that, it has given way to things like vision quests, sitting in a mountain and mm-hmm. getting connected to spirit for ourselves, as opposed to sitting in my house looking for it on my computer. And so because of that, I, I, I agree with you that the, what we have in modern day technology is a lot because we haven't accessed it in ourselves. For instance, uh, just a simple thing is I have all these phone phone numbers in my phone where when I was younger, I had all those phone numbers in my head. And now, mm-hmm. now I don't, I don't use that, you know, now, granted, that, that frees up space in my mind to potentially do something else. Now, what am I doing? It's like when uh, they went to one of the elders and, and asked him after Neil Armstrong landed on the moon what he thought about that. And he said, and I want to say it was like Sun Bear. Or, it was somebody during that time. And he said, ah, that's nice and all, but I go there all the time in my mind. Hmm. Yeah, so and then we get into we have you could get into Alan Watts stuff too, and start that you know his great big long lectures about what exactly is physical reality and other reality and no reality at all. But I love that yeah. stuff. I mean, that, I think that actually the moon thing actually made it onto one of my lists. You know, this picture being there without even needing one mm-hmm. of those great big bulky suits and falling on your face in front of the whole world and you know just be right there I think that stuff's awesome yeah yeah I mean I we, we so have access that. to well it's 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 just inundated in our mind that it's not possible for us to do it without and that that in many ways goes back to if you knew you could do it in your mind without everything else, 
the many dollar becomes a null and void on that subject. Yeah. It would be economy crushing if everybody woke up with that understanding uh, at the same time. Uh, I think sales of everything, everything would go down. Sales of everything. (laughs) I I mean, I was in Jamaica once. Or cars, but just everything, because people would start to understand more what's our true nature, what's really important, and what really should be valued. And then we'd look around at our money and our gold and our, you know, baubles and widgets and and think those are not the most valuable thing in my life. In fact, I can't find any value in them at all now. That might that might be quite scary for world leaders if the population got turned on to that too quickly. At the same time, there seems to be a sense of urgency in the universe <laughs> for us to make some decisions on a global scale, on on a giant, you know, scale. And it sometimes feels like we are and sometimes feels like we're still talking about things we were talking about in the 90s, in the 80s and 70s, and way, way before that. So it's 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 got its ups and downs, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I can recall uh, just being able, back in the 80s when Star Wars started, all that stuff was so far out, not going to be done. And then it became all of that stuff's here. You yeah. know, and... So all we have to do is think it and allow it to become. I mean, most of these things that my my phone does, if I take the time, I can do them myself. Yeah. And, I, I, and that's just in my own thought right now. And I would say that everything that my phone does, I can do it as well. I was in Jamaica giving this talk to uh, 50 guys that came off death row. And when they took took us out, took me out to dinner uh, or lunch, we went out onto the beach, and there was this little girl who was a beautiful little kid, and she was with her mom. And so I went up and said, "You know, would you mind if I take a picture with your with you and your child? Because I just want people to know how beautiful people are in Jamaica." And and she was. She was really hesitant, and I said, "Look, you know that I know it can seem very weird. Don't even worry about it." I went back, and one guy I was with, he's like, "You've already taken fifty pictures of her, and yet we think that just because we're going to put it on the phone, you haven't taken a picture, but it's already in your mind, and that's so true. Like, look around. You you've already seen the cabinets in your house. You've already seen what your car looks like." And when you close your eyes, you can still see it. You've already taken those pictures. Your mind already does it. And that's that's such an awesome thing to me to uh, to be aware of. Yeah. It is it is amazing. I was just, uh, Gina, we're talking behind you a little bit, but she's saying things here. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It's a book you released in 2016. Uh, so the warrior within, yes. Uh, you broke up a little bit, so I wasn't sure what you were saying at first. Yeah, that book uh, has a lot of – first it starts off really 
uh, just telling my story and what what allowed me to good, bad, right, or wrong, what allowed me to move through my life and be here now. And the, all the different lessons. And it starts off with four, really four parts of my life and how it moves through those four parts. Uh, going from really victim consciousness and then into a space of, of connecting deeper into spirit. And, and so that's the beginning, the first half of the book. And then the second half of the book is, is what we call the spirit of the game. The game is life. And it just correlates my lessons from coaching football and playing sports into this game we call life. So that's, that's how it really works. The four cornerstones and then the spirit of the game and the game is life. Awesome. There's a lot of stuff here um, that you teach about yoga. Yoga is a really, really big deal, obviously, in your world, in your life, and and surely for those around you. Um, and as someone who's heard about yoga and the benefits of it, read about it, you know, a lot of the Eastern things that I've read over time, uh, the people that I follow, they will always mention yoga and how important it is. And I've found myself and wondering if I'm, I'm like other people, not really ever knowing where to go, how to begin, what it means, you know, from a physical and, and, and mental and everything. Could you break it down the way you would for beginners, for people like me maybe who have been struggling for years, on again, off again, kind of thinking maybe we're doing yoga. But I think the what you're talking mm-hmm. about and the way the masters really talk about it, it's a much more holistic thing than just bending and stretching and things like that. And it might be one of the yes. disconnects that I think it hasn't been taken off as much as I think it should have, and as much as probably someone like you would like to have seen it take off by now. Yeah, it, it really, when you talk about yoga, yoga has really uh, been brought forward in many ways through the Yoga Sutras, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. And in the Yoga Sutras, you can, you can find the Ten Commandments. Uh, you can find what it is to be religious. It's called Bhakti Yoga. There's all different levels of yoga. And through, the, through yoga, it's really about this union from, and that, that is the, the root of the word yoga means a union or to yoke. And it's bringing what, you know, a lot of people call it ego. Uh, but what, I, what I've come to realize is ego was a theory that Freud put together that we now in today's world run around with acting like it's real. But it was a theory. And so mm. what it is for me is you have, we all have a way of operating here on earth that has allowed us to maintain a sense of love and peace in our life. Even if it's our operating system is outdated and someone else may see it as, ah, you don't have to be that way. That would, you know, and they say you're in your ego, but that's how you, we've all learned to operate on earth. Then there is our highest of high self, you know, that, that actually sees everything even beyond how we operate here on earth. It sees our moments when we're asleep. It understands when we're dreaming. 
It understands when we're awake. It never turns off. It's always present. And so bringing those two together is what the whole picture of yoga is about. And the whole picture of yoga, in order to get there, we must understand ourselves. And that is yoga, the biggest part to me, whether you're sitting and meditating, doing an asana practice, uh, chanting, it's all taking us closer to understanding ourselves in its entirety so we are able to make the union from our earth self to our high self. And, and that's, that's literally what I, I love helping people see and move through. It's just where is it that you can experience the highest version of you in this moment, and then I may change moment to moment. You know, I think that's where, in many ways, the yoga practice has, has an opportunity to grow into is a deeper understanding of self. Yeah. What about, so in light of that, what about the sometimes an inability to put words? Like we just invented all of these words that make different sounds to indicate how we're feeling and where something is and, you know, what we want people to do. And it's really not the right, it doesn't seem adequate <laughs> when discussing I mean, somebody like you can very eloquently talk about yoga like you just have, but I want to push to the very next thing. What is that better self? What is that higher self? And when you say that, what do you feel in your gut? Like if you're recalling a time where you had a, if you would call it a breakthrough or, or whatever you would call it, but mm-hmm. had one of those moments, those really big things, what are you saying? what are you saying that you're feeling in times like that? What should people know about that kind of a moment so that they understand what you're talking about maybe a little bit better. Yeah, so that's where the second half of the warrior within comes in, the spirit of the game and the game is life. For me, sports, I mean, I started playing uh, organized sports at seven and a half, eight years old. That's when I first learned meditation was from a, a soccer coach. So sports always gave me my yoga back then. And through that, I I got to experience what it was like to perform at my highest, you know, to go over in England and play soccer and, and experience all those things and to coach football and, and watch some professional kids become professional athletes become professional young men when they got to that point that was totally different. And what I can say for that was that in that transition, I got to watch people truly open up to moving in the sports world of what we call the zone and getting into that zone that allows them to move fluidly through everything, through every moment, whether it's blocking, tackling, running, kicking a ball, knowing where the other person's going, Without thinking, we can, you can see it. That's why I love sports so much because you can see where a Michael Jordan, a Kobe Bryant, uh, LeBron James, all these people that are, that are playing at a whole nother level, and it looks almost effortless 
but yet they're doing something that's never been done. And that mm-hmm. zone can be accessed in, in somebody's day-to-day life. And that, that's, that's what I'm talking about, getting into the flow of things that continues to move a, a person in their day-to-day life in a, in a closer glimpse towards being at peace in every moment. And that doesn't mean that everything looks the way someone else may see peace because it's peace in your heart. Access of that level of peace, they find love through every moment. That's flow to me. That's getting in the zone of life. No matter what comes your way, you're able to recognize the love of it and continue to move forward. So when you're pointing to one thing and you're, and you're recognizing in yourself that you're in the zone, you're also pointing to the opposite. You're pointing to the times you're coming from where you weren't in the zone. Or maybe you're worried like I was early this morning because I felt like I was kind of waking up in the zone, got up earlier than I normally do, and, and I've been very productive, and I feel like that zone thing sort of applies to me in my work today. But way back in my mind, maybe sometimes really closer to the front of my mind, I'm worried about when it's over. And and you look at Jordan and you look at LeBron and they had worse games than others. They had off times, but I've always felt, and maybe it was a cultural thing around the superstardom and all of that. Maybe it wasn't as true, but I always felt people like that have really mastered being staying in or getting back into the zone when they fall out a lot more in a focused way and a lot more regular way than I ascribe my own ability to do so. And I worry about that sometimes. In the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I'm really up. And maybe I'm not in the zone if I even have the capacity to worry about when it's going to go away next. Yes, you started to leave the zone in that moment. And that's that's okay. That's, that is... Uh, I don't want to say normal, but it's it's what happens. And so, at least for me, that's happened. I mean, it's I live my life where peace is really, excuse me, peace is really easily accessed. And then there's moments where peace is lost. The greatest thing I've learned, though, is is in those moments where I recognize peace is lost is how fast I can get back. And I I was just talking to um, my best friend this morning, and we were talking about how I recognized that there were times in my life that I truly would feel almost depressed because I would move through this heightened state like, you know, we're talking about the zone. And then there was almost a crash because yeah. in order to get to that, I'd have to go so high and then I'd come down. And so now, now I, it's, I, I don't have to move as far off the middle to access that. And so there is no crash. It's, it's almost like an even pulse that's just happening and so that's, yeah. that's uh, I think when someone is like, someone says, oh, yeah, it's easy for them, you know, when it comes <laughs> to a LeBron or a Jordan. Well, 
they practiced. Yeah. They practiced to get there. And it just so happens that now with a LeBron, for instance, his practice now, because we demand it of our athletes, his practice doesn't stop on the court. So because they're under this microscope, that they actually have to appear to be in the zone longer because they have to flow through an interview. They have to flow through some stranger on the street. (laughs) So now they're practicing it longer. But they know when they come out, and they likely get back in a lot quicker because they know when they're out. And as soon as you know you've lost something is the moment that you can find it again. Well, it sounds like an enviable position to be in to the way that you describe your center, and you're never very far from your center. There aren't radical uh, crashes and things like that because of that. That sounds like a that sounds like a really good place to be because I don't feel I don't I feel like it might be deluding myself for anybody to think that we're supposed to be on all the time. We're supposed to be in the zone. There wouldn't be anything called the zone if we were in it all the time. We would be like fish in water. They have no clue that's water, you know? And so it sounds like the very best that we can achieve that we can aspire to is more like what you're describing that you're never very far from peace, but there are times when peace is just out of the question <laughs> at, in that moment, but you know that you're not very far and it, it must comfort you even in those unpeaceful times to know that in the back of your mind, you might not be having a good time right now, but you know, you're just right next door to that sweet spot that you know, that you don't go too far from nowadays. How could you, right. how do you and coach people to get that... closer to that? Well, I'd also say that a fish doesn't know because it's in water. It doesn't worry about the moment. At least I don't know. I, I'm not a fish. But I, I, I'm pretty sure they don't, aren't necessarily thinking about leaving the water. <laughs> yeah. So at some point, we can get to that place of being in peace like we're in the water then we won't worry about leaving the water because we're just in it. Right now, the reason yeah. why we think about it is because we're not in the water. And so yeah. sometimes we, we go in, sometimes we come out. Eventually, we'll just go in the water. And I think from my limited mind space, because I would like to think that I'm getting closer than I was when when I was a football coach to – what some call enlightenment, but I'm not there yet. The fact that I even have to bring it up as a talk means I'm not there. <laughs> and so yeah. in that Well, do you think, that's, that do you think process, that's supposed though, to be our experience? In, the, in this physical reality, do you think it's like, um, like having something and just uh, cutting something in half and half and half and half and half? That can go on infinitely where you're trying to get to zero, but you can't get to zero if all you're doing is cutting the distance in half. It just gets microscopically tiny, tiny or smaller, and you get closer. But sometimes I wonder, are we supposed to have such lofty goals in this physical existence, and what would that even mean? Would we still experience this physical realm in the same way at all 
like it was maybe possibly meant to be experienced if we reached the end or the peak or however you'd like to to phrase it. Right, right. Well, I think we are supposed to to reach for that. And yeah. when we get there, we may not come back in this body. I don't know, yeah. but I, uh, it seems that if you practice Christianity, you would feel that, well, if you practice Christianity, depending on the level of how you hold your own Christian Christianity, you may feel that only one person could have ever done it. If you have given way to a space of seeing all the many enlightened beings that have come, I would feel that it becomes a thought that you you could also get there as well. At least that is for myself. So it is it's, a, it's fascinating. Although it's a goal, it's just a it's not something I want to, I want to spend my time being stuck on or I'll never get to the goal. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like a North star. Nobody actually used that to get across the ocean with the idea that they were going to actually go and touch the North star. They just used it as a guide point, right? Maybe that's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. I like that. It is fascinating that this secret is so well kept. Like the design of everything in this physical existence, as hard as we've tried, and we started out talking about technology and, uh, you know, how smart humans are <laughs> uh, in creating all of these things, landing on the moon, making iPhones and stuff like that, um, that the secret remains a secret. Like, we all have a, we have, well, we don't all. I think a lot of people are living very, you know, much more in the physical and, and reactionary to what happens externally, but a lot of people have really great theories, lots of different religions, lots of different beliefs and philosophies, but you can't look at anybody on this planet and go, that's it, you've got it, because everything at some certain point has a faith mechanism to it, doesn't it? Or or is there something yeah. we can point to and say, we've figured out the, the best kept secret in all of life itself? No, but I think that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. You know, from my view, I, I feel like man was created so that the infinite could even understand itself. I feel yeah. like we all have that deep connection inside of us that is truly from the the creator of all, the beginning, whatever you want to call it. And won't, don't want to get stuck on a name of it. And through each of us, it can see itself and experience itself and see all the different ways that life unfolds. We, because in order to do that, it has to see every perspective, every interaction with everything. Someone argued when I said I, I am protected from the by the infinite, and I am blessed in that way. Someone said, so does God love you more than he does the starving kid? No, but in order for God to understand himself, it had to experience all of it. 
So yeah. it loves us all the same. And what our limited mind space says is, oh, that's bad because that's what's the experience. But that's not God's bad, at least from my yeah. perspective. I don't know because I'm not God. That's just my interpretation. Yeah. All right. So you're not a fish and you're not God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. We've determined, we've determined so many things you're not. Um, but, but, I mean, you are someone who spends some time, you know, experiencing this life in a much radically different way than I think a lot of other people do, which is why you end up on uh, radio shows and things. People want to hear that. You know, what, what, it's almost like you're a traveler. And uh, in the old days, aside from a letter that you get once every nine months from wherever they were, you had to wait till people got home, if they even did, to really hear the deep stories, the detail, and everything that they experienced when they went on this long, long voyage. And, and I think that's, um, I think it's like a microcosm of what you described as the universe experiencing itself. And we're all kind of like bees coming back to the hive and, and then vibrating in a certain way to say, hey, man, there's some really cool flowers over there. You just got to go over there and you'll get a whole bunch of nectar or whatever. It seems like we're reporting to ourselves all the time by doing things like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's like uh, I just had a good, good friend of mine went through an experience uh, with the bowel with cancer. And because of her, her experience, and it's actually happened for me twice now. Because of their experience, it's challenged me, I've allowed it to challenge me, to reach for more out of me to help them. And that, that has not only done that, it's helped me to connect to this, this teacher I have now who's helping me understand that level but had I not experienced all of their stuff and it challenged me to, out of, for love for them, to want to elevate myself, I would have never met this teacher that's already healing people around the world in Rob Worgen. And I'm just going to put it out there. Everyone should see the documentary called Heal and Rob Worgen. And I'm, and I'm fortunate that I get to, to spend time with him and learn how to heal people on that level. That's a whole other level of God that I, that I didn't know was accessible till a lot of different things happened to lead me to loving two people, to opening that up so that it can touch the world in a bigger way. And so if someone made it to listening to this show that far, they just got something totally different than they did at the beginning of the show. And that's it. I mean, it's, we're all in this experience, this ebb and flow, seeing ourselves and through others, how can we elevate ourselves to the greatest possibility of ourselves? Say just so that everybody can hear, because I don't think I picked up his name. Is it Rob, R-O-B, Morgan? Rob, R-O-B, Worgen, W-E-R-G-I-N. And uh, we're oh, I had that to totally be, wrong. Yeah, we're actually going to be... Uh, doing some stuff here in uh, in the Maryland area uh, coming up in January. 
and yeah, really just I'm I'm so impressed at the fact that that I've gotten to a place for myself to see a reflection of somebody that is living what I desire. Most people don't even know that's possibly on the earth right now. To see someone yeah. heal from ALS, from cancer, from HIV without and I don't even want to say modern day medicine without the medicine that we've known for a long time, because modern day medicine to me says I'm healed through anything. Yeah. That's where I'd love to see the world go is that to be modern day medicine. Wow. This looks really cool. I'm on the site and checking this out. I'm definitely, definitely going to check that out. Very quickly after yeah, it'll be a great place for us to meet up. Yeah, when we get this thing in January announced, it'd be great, great for us to heck to be able to have you here and and uh, heck have both of us do a radio live radio show or something like that during that weekend and and uh, yeah, it's just a powerful place. I mean, I sat on a mountain four days, three nights without food or water in order to gain access to something greater. And that's, that's been my journey. My journey is, okay, yeah, it was great being in the football world. Was that all I was meant to do in life? Not for me. Like, no. But, you know, there was something more. It was, I, I just recently, at the age I am now, learned to ride a motorcycle just so I could experience that level of freedom. I'm always looking for what is it, that I can continue to tap into that will elevate me, that I can spread more of the infinite sources of love here on this planet. Well, that's another great example. And it seems to be a common thread of people that we have on the show. Um, Gina, here it is again. <laughs> sometimes it comes at 1230. Sometimes it comes at uh, 10 till 1. But it always comes up in all of our shows that that, that thing – that is the opposite of people limiting themselves, the, the opposite of people boxing themselves in and saying, yeah, I'm scared of heights or I don't want to do that or that would make me grow up or, you know, just the, all the things that we tell ourselves. Um, but I love the example that you set to prove to people that there's never ending experiences to be had. Giant, they, like, fulfillment never ends. It seems like there's always something more what makes somebody like you any different than somebody who won't let themselves experience things like that? Don't seek out the things that you just said you you seek out actively on purpose. Maybe things that even scare you. What's the difference? Well, to me, that difference is, and I say it's simple because it was part of my life, differences for me is I got to experience and had the seeds planted for me to reach for more than where I was. Someone in, you know, only, I think it's still at 30, 30 something percent, 31% of the world has internet access. So 69% of the world doesn't necessarily know what the web is like of a spider. A spider weaves its whole world, its web from inside its body and puts it out. So a lot of people don't know what that's even like. It's like 
Christopher Columbus thought he discovered America, but there were already people there. So in his yeah. mind, he had this discovery, but there were already people that, that had this discovery before him. So that that part of it, the fact that most people don't have the seed. Now, that's I think that's where we can, you, myself, uh, Andrea, all these different people can... Ken Roshan that got me to this place of meeting you or Rob Werner, we can all plant these seeds and they don't have to be, we can move beyond the seeds of fear and plant these seeds of love and let them grow. And that's the way that the world, and then someone takes what maybe you told them and spreads that to their neighbor and their neighbor spreads it to one more and it just keeps going. Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, I try to, whether I'm doing it consciously all the time or not, it seems like there's a pattern in me that seeks out how the world's doing in general. And that's a really, really tall order because you couldn't possibly keep your mind on such an incredibly big and diverse and infinite connection and everything between all the people, let alone the 40 million other species on the planet we share it with. But I like to try to think that at some point I could take a gauge, take a pulse. And to me, it feels over the years that so many more people more um, exponentially are doing some sort of waking up to the idea that there's a lot more to this life than what we started out being told when we were born here this time or, you know, because we were given all the rules right when we were born and when we're, you know, uh, we just accepted all of those. And it seems like there's just a lot more people. Um, I don't know if that's your experience, but you go out a lot more into uh, events like you're talking about in Maryland and things like that. What does it look like from your vantage point? Does it feel like these seeds are taking root in a, in a really big way? Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I really do feel like, um, the fact that it is warmer here in October than it ever, in my opinion, I can't remember in October, this part of October, like there were, uh, what they called Indian summers, right? You know, where, a glimpse of yeah. a day and then, okay, get ready because it's coming after this week. This has been a yeah. nonstop elevated temperature. And so to me, that is because we as human beings are shifting. And so that just shows up that way, that it is uh, continually connected. I'd also say that one of the elders once when I was, uh, on the land, they said, look up. Now, I want you to realize that this was at nighttime. I want you to realize that long, long time ago, the sky was completely black. And so when you look up and you see that there are more stars now than ever, the light is winning and it'll continue to win. And that's that's what I, that's how I I I just go out at night on a clear night and look up and remember that that the light is winning. It used to be just it's a complete universe. darkness. It's a universal scoreboard. 
that's what you would do on the field is look up to see what the score was, and you're just doing it on a much, much bigger scale. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's it's awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, so, okay, so let's go back. Is Maryland the thing that you want to talk about today? We we, we need to get people uh, to some place where they can find out more about that. Is there a good URL that you can give us? Yeah, uh, anyone can go to my website. It's www.sidmcnary.com, M-C-N-A-I-R-Y.com, and that will have all our upcoming events all the things that Rob and I will do together will be posted there and, and then direct someone to where they need to go. Uh, I teach here at Down Dog Yoga in the D.C. area, uh, Bethesda, Georgetown, it's in Clarendon, and also in Herndon, Virginia. And then I'll, I'll be up in Krigsman Yoga uh, in a couple weeks, uh, leading a training, a teacher training, a week-long first hundred hour of our teacher training and then also here uh, at four warriors yoga my son who started teaching at 13 uh, because he grew up around football and yoga uh, i started teaching at 13 he now owns the studios that's four warriors yoga.com that's here in Towson, maryland and and so yeah you know but you can find all of that stuff right on my website at sidmcnary.com that is really awesome. I feel like we missed out on a whole other piece of interview we could have had about this amazing kid that owns the the studios. <laughs> we're gonna have to have you back, Sid. This is uh, yeah, you've opened up great. more questions than we were able to answer today. <laughs> awesome. I look forward to it. I, my kid well, thank is you really so much for... all three of them are special. So it's great to uh, to see him doing it, and I'd love to support him and continue to build with him in so many ways. That is very cool. Well, we're going to leave that open so we can talk about that at the top of the hour the next time you're on Leverage Masters. Thanks so much for taking the time to be on the show today. This was really, really, really fun. Awesome. You bet. Thank you. Have a great day. And we'll be back same time, same place next week. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.